Hey you guys, hope you're well. I just wanted to take this opportunity and let you know about our amazing new business scalability scorecard. So have you ever wondered if, you've, if you're an entrepreneur, you're a business owner, and you want to grow and scale the business but not sure how, and you're looking for some advice and you're looking for some strategies about how you could effectively grow and scale your business, well, this is your opportunity. We have actually created an amazing uh, business scalability scorecard. It takes you around seven to eight minutes, and at the end of that, it will actually create a report of all of the things that you're doing particularly well in and the things that you need to make improvements to your business. And uh, it's a great tool and a great asset for your business. To get free access to that, go to bit.ly forward slash business hyphen scalability hyphen scorecard. Go there, go now. Take care, see you soon. This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Let's give this amazing, amazing thought leader a big warm welcome because it is his first time at RippleFest. So let's make it a memorable one. Guys and girls, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Adam Strong. Woo! Adam, Adam. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay? I'm bloody marvellous, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm no in problem. Cyprus at the moment. You're in Cyprus this time. Okay. <laughs> You've been travelling around a bit over the, the last few months. Adam, for those people that don't know you, obviously I read just a little tiny bit of your bio just then. What we really would love to know about you is why do you do what you do? Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks very much for an awesome introduction. And, you know, it's interesting. I was uh, listening very attentively. Um, you know, Sammy's such a great person. And what I love about her is that she's really evolved over the years since I've known her. I think actually we've both evolved as human beings. And, you know, that's what entrepreneurship is about, right? It's about, and I call it entrepreneurial evolution. You know, it's a bit like human evolution, but it's entrepreneurial evolution. You begin to start to realize what's important to you. You start to begin to realize, you know, what's it, uh, not just what's important to you, but what is it that you really, really want to do? right? What is it that you really want to do? As in like, what is your purpose? And you know what? Clarity is one of those key points, right? It, you know, it, you have to, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a, a journey of self-discovery, right? Do you guys agree with me? Do you think that entrepreneurship is about self-discovery? What do you think? Yeah. Couple of hands there. Good. So, and for me, I've been, as you, I don't know if you guys know my story, but I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 11. So it's a long time. I'm actually going to be 40. I can't believe I'm going to be 40. That's crazy, Sammy. I'm going to be 40 in about three weeks' time. That's, that's insane. Um, I still feel like I'm 21, though. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, listen, my, my, my story is, is that um, um, I, I didn't particularly come up with a – I didn't particularly grow up, grow up with a, a very wealthy background. I wasn't one of those people. In fact um, – um, one of my, when I, when I grew up, I actually grew up with me and my mom and my uh, middle brother at the time, 
we, we lived off the state. So there wasn't a huge amount of money that went around. We lived off, uh, we lived in, in a top floor flat uh, in West London. And literally my mum suffered from a lot of mental depression and a lot of breakdown and things like that. And literally um, found it particularly difficult being a single mum. And obviously, you know, um, she had a lot of mental health issues as well. And so one of the things is, is at the age of 11, because we, at Christmas time, is there wasn't that much money that went around. We ended up sharing Christmas presents. Me and my, me and my brother, we shared a Christmas presents. And so one day I came up with this great idea and it occurred to me when I was walking um, one day, just kind, of, just kind of doing what most 11 year olds do. And uh, as I was walking, I, I started seeing all these golf balls, right? These golf balls where I was kind of walking in the nature reserve. That's the context. I was watching, walking along a nature reserve, started seeing all these golf balls. And I was like, why are all these golf balls here, right? And not knowing that there was a golf course close by. Anyway, next day, I went back with my bucket and I started, I started jumping in the rivers, the streams, foraging through the bushes. Um, I started collecting those golf balls, right? Literally started collecting golf balls. And, um, and, then, and then as I was kind of walking around the fairway, around the golf course and things like that, um, you know, the golfers were extremely concerned about the safety of an 11 year old boy that was walking around and saying, Hey, so why are you walking around the fairway? I'm going to hit you with my golf ball. Right. <laughs> and, um, and obviously I don't know if you guys are golfers here, but what happened, uh, it was, I think it was an 18 hole uh, golf course. And, and, and kind of, I was hanging out about sort of hole 14, hole 13. That's where I was kind of hanging out by, and so some of the golfers, they weren't particularly great players. They'd lost quite a few balls in their play and they maybe have like one or two balls left and they were scared that they weren't going to beat their fellow golfing uh, buddies. And so, um, you know, and golf is a competitive game, <laughs> right? And so they'd come up to me and they're like, hey, so concerned about your safety. What have you got in your bucket? And they started saying, and obviously they saw me, I have all these golf balls and they were intrigued about how I got these golf balls. And I'm like, what do you do? And I'm like, I find lost golf balls. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, and then we then we went into um, then then they'd ask me then they'd offer me uh, an amount of money for these golf balls, right? They started making they started making some offers to me, and I'm like, I, I, I was like the first time that happened to me, I was like, whoa, I, I didn't expect that. And then and then I knew that there were a few things that were important to golfers, brand really important, right? And, and Sammy talks about brand, really, really important in the building of the brand. Um, so I know that the good brands are gonna be worth much more value. Secondly, condition, extremely important. If, if you've got a crappy golf ball, they're not gonna buy it. Uh, and believe it or not, color, color is really important as well. So the rare color, the fluorescent golf balls are gonna get more money than your average white ones. And so what happened is then we went, started going to what I call a sales and negotiation right? They'd offer me X, say two pound for a golf ball when I knew the golf ball was worth at least six. And I'd say, well, no, that's a bit unfair here. Okay. Uh, how about four? And, uh, and then we would negotiate, we would shake hands, they would walk away with a smile on their face because they got an absolute killer of a bargain. And uh, I remember the very first time that happened to me, right? So I walked, got, got home, literally pockets full of pound coins. And my mum interrogated me, thinking that I had done something wrong, right? <laughs> and I literally told her the story. She was so proud of me. And then obviously I, I gave her a contribution because some weeks we couldn't even afford milk and bread. 
So I gave her a contribution towards that. And, and you know, and that was great. We did, I did that for a good six months. That was, that was one of my first, um, that was one of my first encountership uh, with entrepreneurship. And that's where I learned sales and negotiation. So that to me was a, was a great journey and, and an 11 year, 11 year old boy kind of hanging out there. So that's kind of cool. Um, thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, interestingly enough, um, I, at the age of 11 as well, um, Sammy will know my story. Uh, at, the age of, uh, at the age of 10, actually, sorry, I lost my hair to alopecia because I didn't particularly have a great childhood. But um, um, it affected me in so many different ways. I remember one day waking up um, and literally my, ha my hair literally came out in handfuls, literally in handfuls. And within about a few minutes, it was all gone. And I'm like, I was a bit freaking freaked out because I just didn't know. And obviously back, back in the day of about 30 years ago, they just didn't know what it was. And so it really zapped my self-confidence more than anything else. And a, about a year later, and this is again at the age of 11, right? 11 was a, it was a bit like a midlife crisis. <laughs> I, um, my dad inspired me to get into distance running because he started doing it himself. He's like, why don't you get into distance running? And I'm like, oh, okay, um, it'll probably do your self-confidence some good. So I went down the local running track. Now for me, when I grew up, I didn't really have um, huge amounts of parent support or mentors or coaches. I didn't have that um, support structure around me. A lot of it was all done uh, through myself. And so um, I remember going down to the running track on my own and, and kind of, um, you know, I was not that tall, if I'm honest with you, 11 year old boy. And there was this big counter at the running track. And there was this lady who I think she was in her late fifties and she'd appear over the, over the counter and she'd say, Hello there. <laughs> How can I help you? <laughs> and so, and I'm, I'm, I was like, hey, so I'd like to join the running club or I'm interested in joining the running club. And she was like, okay, uh, what's your experience? Zero. Great. Fantastic. And she says, uh, is there anything that I need to know about? And I'm like, yeah, I'm an asthma sufferer. She was like, what? I said, you're an asthma. Oh, okay. So you're an asthma sufferer. And it's like, yeah, I'm an asthma sufferer. So anyway, she walks me down to the running track. She introduces me to, um, uh, she introduces me to a group of young athletes um, kind of messing around and stuff like that, which was fine. And, and, and I remember going through my head, seeing all these athletes and all of the judgmental um, sort of uh, connotations that come through your head are like, oh, I can't do this. Um, I'm not good enough. All oh, these people are so much better than me. I, I had all of those, literally all of those. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh you know, and, and it's interesting. And so I started, I actually, when I first started, I actually couldn't even run about 50 meters without really kind of having an asthma attack. It was that bad. And you're probably thinking, well, that was a really stupid thing to do. So within six months, my asthma had completely disappeared, literally disappeared through running. Um, Cause obviously it strengthens your, uh, your respiratory system, uh, your immune system and whatever it is. Um, but the other thing as well within, within that sort of 11 year olds, 11 year old story as well is I met my uh my training partner who is now the current world and Olympic champion Samo Farah and um and I was also introduced to my first coach and his name was called Alex McGee Alex was a uh, was a uh, was Scottish uh, having the surname McGee of course you'd probably think it was Scottish and Alex back in the heyday probably in the around the 70s he really really um like had 
a lot of medals, a lot of, he'd been there, done that, got the t-shirt. What I loved about Alec is that he saw something in me, which I didn't see in myself. And it's the same for entrepreneurs. And I'll tell you about that in a, in a little bit. Um, he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And what I loved about him, his attributes was, is that he could take normal Joe public and turn them into champions. Literally, that's what he did. He did this rinse and repeat over and over and over again. He could take someone like me. And, so, and that's what happened. That's how my running career really blew up. And it, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be where I was. Um, and so same for cross-country running. Right? I don't know if you guys remember being back at school. Some of you are a little bit older than me. Um, but being back at school, right, <laughs> where in the wintertime, your PE teacher would ask you to go and do some cross-country running around a muddy field. And it would be like minus two. And all you'd have is like really short 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 skirts or short shorts and a vest right and everyone would hate it well i used to love it <laughs> i was the only one that did love it it was kind of funny so literally um you know between between from that age of 11 um up until i don't know i can't remember when i finished but literally i learned a lot from the when i was a young age it built boost my self-confidence uh it built my resilience um it got me super focused so um, my typical day, I'll quickly tell you what my typical day was. I typically get up about 5, 5.30 in the morning. This is a typical weekday for me, right? Uh, my school actually was based uh, in Surrey. I was in West London. So I'd had to catch a train. I'd had to catch two trains, actually. I'd go, I had to go into London to go back out of London because my mum didn't drive. And so it would take at least an hour and, hour and 15 to hour and a half travel, uh, going on the, on the uh, train to, to school. Uh, but also I needed to fit in training, homework, needed to get up early. Uh, I trained at least twice a, twice a week. I'd compete at weekends as well. Literally, I had zero social life. Um, <laughs> so I made a lot of what I call short-term sacrifices for long-term benefit, right? And, and, I, and again, this is something that I teach in entrepreneurship, right? I teach about the fact that if you want to go far, then you have to make short-term sacrifices for long-term benefits. Do you any? Do you guys believe in that strategy? I mean, uh, some of you do, some of you don't. I know some of you. Uh, some of you are parents, right? I've got four kids, by the way. I've got four kids, three businesses in three different countries. When people say to me, "Oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to this," I challenge that thought process straight away, right? And so, it is a complete mindset. So. From a very young age, I built these skill sets. I built these attributes and these tactics. And I literally transitioned that into effectively building a successful business. And, uh, and, and that's kind of really how it started for me. Amazing. And um, I mean, just taking those success principles and applying them to everything that you do. You know, what I'm hearing is um, you really monotask. So you owned that lane. It's like you made a commitment. This is what I'm going to do. I'm doing it. So you didn't get distracted. You knew there's my train. That's going to get me there. Then I'm going to come back and then I'm going to do this. So it was almost like this series of actions that created mm. the traction for you to hit the track and win. Absolutely. And, and win. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and here's the thing, right? In entrepreneurship, right? We're all busy. We've got busy minds. Some of us are left brain logical, right brain creative. It just depends, right? But if you really want to be successful, Sammy, right? And here's the difference, right? If you really want, if you really want to be successful, number one is to focus on one thing at a time. Try to not focus on too many things at a time. Because otherwise, if you focus, your energy is going to be sporadically. And, and, and guess what? If uh, and, and the thing is, 
is the question is, is that if, if it doesn't work out the way you want it to in terms of your expectations or the results that you desire, the reason for that is then you have to question that, right? The question you have to ask yourself is, why didn't it work? Okay, did I, get, did I give it my all, right? I'm always about, um, for me, I'm about excellence, right? Um, if you uh, fail at something, right? And I never call it a failure, I call it a learning journey, right? We're all on a learning journey, okay? And if, you, if it doesn't work out the way you want it to work out, right? Um, you have to really question that. And normally those questions is, is, well, was I present, number one? Number two, did I go all in? I'm an all-in type of guy, right? I'm not a, oh, I'll think about it, oh, maybe, oh, I'll sit on the fence for six months and blah, blah, blah. No, you even make, you, it, I'm a very kind of black and white type of personality. I, if, I, if I'm really fueled up by it and it really aligns to my values, and we talk about values a lot with our mastermind members, is if it aligns to the values, uh, then go, you know, just go. Don't think, just go. Um, cause for me, I was just like, I mean, I mean, you know me pretty well, Sammy, uh, my middle name is action taker, right? When I literally like the first quarter of this year is insane. We, I, we've completed so much. And sometimes because you go so fast, right? It's interesting. And I don't know about you. And I know that you, um, where, where you were at within your life and you do a lot of self-reflection me, um, I need to do more of it. And I think that a lot of more entrepreneurs need to sit and reflect and celebrate those wins. Um, and then kind of really what I call, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You really need to kind of um, take inventory, right? Do you know what I mean by take inventory and, and see where you're at, which improvements you need to, you need to make in your life, whether it be uh, self-care, whether it be uh, you know, business, finance, relationships, family, whatever it might be. Uh, in, in, in the second book that I wrote, actually, I wrote this uh, formula, which is called the circle of success, which looks at sort of eight different areas. And in, in, within those eight areas, you then you can then based on certain questions, you can see which um, which areas you need to make up, make uh, kind of focus on more, more specifically. And then that can really gives some traction um, in, in kind of what you do. So, yeah. <laughs> so Adam um I mean this is all about today is all about owning your lane it's something you've clearly done um you know and more recently in the last couple of years you've owned the lane of game changers experience um mm -hmm. you're bringing together uh you know all the best thought leaders on the planet uh, which is mm. brilliant. So you've run a couple of great summits. Maybe some of you have, have attended some of those summits. If, if, if you haven't, then make sure that you look out when Adam runs his next one, you will be hearing about it from me. So make sure you attend it. Uh, absolutely brilliant. It is called the Game Changers Experience and it delivers what it says on the tin. Um, so Adam, for, for our ripple makers who are now at the end of this ripple fest and we're, we've, we've started to own our identity, own the value we bring to the world, really owning our gift. And now yesterday we got into owning our impact. Today, we're owning that lane. What advice or activities have you got for our ripple makers this morning to, uh, to support them in going out there now into the world and really owning what they have? Yeah, so it's a great question, actually. Um, I'll just quickly, I, I'm going to uh, share with you my methodology, if that's okay, because I think it's going to help give some context more than anything else. Yeah. So as Sammy's kind of mentioned to you, 
um, it, yeah, I suppose in the last sort of two, uh, 18 months to 24 months, it was, it's kind of really been a transformation in, in my business more specifically. So, um, let me give you some context. So March of last year, when the whole kind of pandemic had hit, um, everyone is freaking out, panicking. Oh my God, my business is going to die and all of that kind of stuff, right? All those. And I'm sure that you've been there, done that and got the t-shirt, but that's, that's the past and you can't change it. Right. So when I, um, when I came to this realization, there is a few things that I learned in this experience. First of all, is that everyone wants to jump on everyone's virtual stages. Oh, it's me. I'm a speaker. I'm this and I'm that. I want to get on podcasts and blah, blah, blah. And this, guess what? It becomes the me show, right? And for me, I'm not really a type of me type of person, right? I'm probably one of the, the, the least egotistical people on the planet, right? So the other thing that you have to think about is how do you create opportunities, right? What do you create? How do you create opportunities for others? How are you empowering others to help them with their journey? Then you can help yourself. How do you do that, right? So that's the first thing you have to think about. Secondly, there's a couple of things that I, um, and, and Sammy's already mentioned this, right? Is to create a powerful vision, right? How does one create a powerful vision? It's extreme, and, and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna tell you my methodology here, right? When I created my vision last year, okay, about having some of the biggest thought leaders in the world and be able to create an event, okay? You've got to make sure that you've got a message, number one. And number two, you've got to think about the result that you want to, you want to deliver for the people. What is it? What is the big, what is the big result in the message, right? So on our first summit, our first summit that we did was all about helping, helping entrepreneurs to go from a place of fear and, and, and a scary place to a place of safety and uh, it's going to be okay. That was the first context. And, it, and, and our goal was to hit 100,000 entrepreneurs. That was, that was the goal, right? That was the end result. And a lot of people that, I mean, we had like Jack Canfield, Dr. John Martini, We had the lovely Sammy Blendell, of course. And um, literally 30 world-class uh, thought leaders from around the world, they bought into the vision, right? I didn't sell it to them. I bought, they bought into my vision because they saw an opportunity, right? So the question is, you have to ask yourself is, what vision are you creating? How are you creating a vision, right? So that's the first thing. <clears throat> Secondly, once you've identified what vision that you have, okay? Now, here's the thing, right? I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 11 and I've learned the hard way and I've learned the easy way, right? In fact, I've probably had more failures than I've had successes, right? But the thing is, the realization that I've come uh, concluded to is that if we want so everyone want let me ask you guys a question actually who here wants success raise your hands do you want success okay good who here wants happiness keep your hand up who here wants who are here wants financial wealth who here wants wealth who here wants to help people do you see my pattern here right you all want the same thing right so if you all want the same thing what what let me ask you guys a question does it not make sense for us to kind of work together in collaboration to be able to help accelerate that journey. What do you think? Yeah? So a lot of you are nodding your heads. So this is what I came to realize about 18 months ago. If you wanna go far, do it alone. But if you wanna go really far and you wanna create impact, then you have to learn to collaborate, right? Collaborate with people that number one, fit your values, right? Your values are, 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 are 
you know, they're personal to you. Your personal values, you know, my personal values are different from everybody else here. Okay. Not everyone likes me and that's what, that's okay. Right. And, uh, and not everyone's going to be attracted to me and that's okay too. So collaboration, who is it that you can collaborate with that number one, that maybe work with some of your clients, right? Maybe that they share the same vision, maybe that they have the same energy, right? I'm really big into energy. Sammy, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, do you get a good, I, when I make decisions, right, I use my gut instinct, right? What into it, what does your intuition say to you? Right? Don't think with your head or your heart, think with your, think with your gut, right? What does your intuition say to you? Does this person feel good? Do they look good? Do I get good vibes from them? You know, some, in, in fact, some of the, uh, some of the best relationships that I've created this year so far is on a, an app called Clubhouse. And I'm sure that you guys are familiar with Clubhouse. Anyone on Clubhouse? Very good. There's a few of you on Clubhouse. Whoop, whoop. Uh, you can follow me at Adam, at Adam Strong, by the way, as a little plug there, cheeky little plug there. Um, <laughs> um, so in fact, some of the relationships that I have formed and created uh, have actually been on Clubhouse. And honestly, some people are absolutely amazing. I've met people from all over the world. But going back to the summit, uh, the first summit, we actually, um, we had 2,100 people come through the summit on the first time round right? Because they, they understood and we created this message, right? We created this uh, message and this result and we all unified and synergized together. Does that make sense? Right? And so that was a real big learning curve. It was exhausting. So I came up with the idea. Uh, by the way, don't do this, right? Whatever you do, don't do this. Okay. It was the first virtual summit where I create, uh, we created as a team, right? And Sammy will know the story. We created uh, from start to finish in seven weeks. I, I pre-recorded 62 hours, okay? 62 hours, okay, of interviews and, and with, uh, with some amazing people. Seriously, I learned so much. It was, it was like a big, uh, it was like going to university and uh, listening to all this personal development. It was fantastic. Um, so 62 hours, all the back end. Now, People don't see what happens on the back end of things, right? The back end is absolutely humongous. 110 emails written from scratch, six full-time staff people, okay? And the beauty about it is that we gave it all away for free. Now you're probably thinking, how is that, how is that possible? How is it possible to create such a large event and give it away for free? It's very simple. If you have a powerful enough vision, people buy people. Oops. Fuck. No, you're all good. I think it's okay. We can still hear you. Oh, sorry. You might have Excuse gone a bit my fridge. Excuse <laughs> oh, don't my worry. We completely blank my screen. So, Tia and I have had plenty of oh fuck moments with technology this week. So you're <laughs> I went, it went completely blank, but anyway, I'm back in the game. So anyway, so yeah, so as I was mentioning you, um, so back to finish, 62 hours, back end, 110 emails, six full-time staff, and, uh, and it was amazing. 2,100 people came through it. Uh, we had such great feedback. The results were off the charts. And by the way, I had a newborn baby in between this as well, so I just wanted to let you know. Um, this was all in seven weeks. So when people come to me for excuses, I'm like, hey, you've got no excuses. You really don't have any excuses. 
Um, then we did it the second time round. And the second time round was absolutely, oh my God. We didn't have as many people because the industry changes, um, the, way that, the way that we work changes and everything like that. Um, but what was amazing about the second time round is that we did it absolutely live, like we're doing right now. We did it completely live. We had people from all over the world, from Malaysia to the, the United States, Australasia, um, Taiwan, Thailand. Literally, it was a global event. We had Marshall Goldsmith. We had um, we had Bob Berg. Literally, these guys. I'm not kidding you guys. They are not only New York Times bestselling uh, book or authors or whatever it might be. They are the biggest, baddest industry influence authorities in the world, and they they are not the types of egotistical people that shout about it either. They're they're just not, and nor am I. Um, but to, but honestly, it was absolutely amazing. And so off the back of that, the other thing that you've got to think about is friendships and relationships, right? Super important in context. When you work in the virtual world, relationships, um, relational capital is probably one of the most important things. So let's just quickly summarize um, off the back of this. Number one, create a vision, okay? Create a powerful vision. That's the first thing, okay? Number two, make sure you're doing something aligned to your values. Really super important. If you don't know how to create values, uh, just go back. Don't think of don't think of it as I'm hardworking, I'm professional, I'm no, that's standards. And there are standards and there are values, very, very different things. Um, so values, really, really important. Who can you collaborate, right? Which influencers, which industry authorities, what clients? Um, I know that Sammy does a lot of stuff with you guys in terms of clients because that she wants to showcase you, right? Um, and you'll notice that the people that um that get to a level where money doesn't, money, money, I don't give a shit about money. Sammy doesn't give a shit about money. You know, this event is free effectively. It's, it's done for charity. And so that's what I love about it. And it's the same for me, like money will come, right? The universe will reward for those who give back more. It's as simple as that. Um, second, uh, sorry, third or fourth, um, intuition. Go with your intuition and your gut instinct, right? Think with your intuition and gut instinct. And then the last one, which was all about the power of collaboration. Okay, really important collaboration. I think I already, I already said that maybe. It's so important you said it twice. <laughs> there you go, exactly. <laughs> Remembering the philosophy of one drop, guys. Individually, we are one drop. Together, we are an ocean. And that's the point here that we're making is actually don't try and do it all on your own because you don't have to. And as, as you said, Adam, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a different energy as well when you're running something live. Um, I think that it wasn't there. Um, somebody said recently in one of our ripple fests, one of our previous ripple fests, something like um, your learning increases by like four times. It might've been Dr. G Don, John Martini said something like your learning increases by four times when you attend live versus watching replays. So it's like mm -hmm. you're soaking in four times as much as than when you watch the replay itself. And, um, you know, I think that's very important. And, and I think as part of that challenges um, uh, speaking session that I did when we first spoke on stage together. I mean, Adam and I had known each other for maybe six or seven years, actually, as part of another network that we're in, but we finally met two years ago on the same stage. Um, 
And I think one of the things I was sharing there was when I ran my first challenge, I did that live. And then the second challenge, I thought I, I, I'm going to test it and see, I'm going to replay the recordings of the first challenge and see how that goes, because I've already delivered the content. What will the results be if I'm playing that? And there were easily um, only about a third of the, the results of the recorded one versus the live. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot more stressful, actually, to pre-record stuff, um, you know, unless it's already recorded. Uh, and I found that out, like you say, Adam, when um, when we launched the Law of Brand Attraction 2 a couple of weeks ago, I pre-interviewed <laughs> half of the authors um, over a couple of days. And, and that was actually way more stressful than just going live one after the other on the day itself. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, some big learnings there for you guys. You can learn from our mistakes. <laughs> So, um, so Adam, you know, you've, you've obviously, um, you know, mastered these success principles for yourself and that's enabled you to, to own that lane and, and just get really clear and focused on the thing that you really want to do. Mm, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, you know, the game changers, you know, that's essentially my brand now, um, Interestingly enough, uh, you know, uh, we've got, as you mentioned, we've got the podcast. So if you guys are listening to podcasts, we're on Apple, Google, we're in the top 3% in the world. Honestly, the interviews are just absolutely amazing. Um, from Olympic athletes to thought leaders to, um, you know, to some just really, really humble people, if I'm honest with you, um, non-egotistical people. I'm very much, um, you know, I'm very much, I, I, I go with my, I go with my um, gut when it comes to meeting people. I get a lot of people, and I'm sure you do, Sammy, you get a lot of people approach you for, you know, can I jump on your podcast? Can I do this? Can I do that? And I'm like, you don't even know me. You know, what's important, uh, you know, what's important to me? Well, people are important to me, right? People are important to me. I like, I genuinely like helping people. I genuinely like helping people like on a, on a level. I like helping people when people say, when, when you get a lot of the, uh, and, and we get this on clubhouse a lot, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of ego gets thrown around in clubhouse, but on a genuine level, I enjoy helping people. And, uh, and, and, and one of the uh, strengths that I have is I see a lot in people that they don't see in themselves. And I mentioned this at the beginning is that, um, you know, whether it be a strength, whether it be a weakness, uh, whether it be a, a particular habit, whether it be a knack, um, just sort of that, what I call magic. Um, but you, we're all, on, like I said, you're on a, all on a journey of self-discovery, okay? And you need to self-discover that for yourself, right? Uh, it's taken me years to get to a point now where I could safely say, I'm, I'm never going to be satisfied by the way. And entrepreneurs in particular, right? They're never satisfied. They're never happy. They're always pushing the bar higher and higher and higher and higher. That's a me. But you've also got to acknowledge, and this is one thing that I learned in my journey, is not to be so hard on yourself, right? This is extremely important. Take, take note on this one. And I want you to write this on your piece of paper. I am not to be so hard on myself. If I don't achieve what I'm set to achieve, right? Okay, it's okay, all right? It's okay, right? 
yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we're, we've all got families. Yes, we've all got kids. As long as, as long as you've gone at you, number one, you're, a, you're an A player, right? That means that you've turned up and you've gone all in. And if you didn't achieve what you set to achieve, or maybe the deadline or whatever it was, okay, uh, um, then it's okay. You can self-reflect and, and, and when you crack at it next time, then guess what? It's going to be better, right? Because the expectation won't be so high on yourself, but don't be so damn hard on yourself. I used to be so hard on myself and I, and I still am purely because I was, an, I was an athlete. And so if I'm not achieving, if I'm not getting results, I'm going to get pissed off with myself. Literally, I'm going to beat myself up, right? But it's, but the reality is, is that you've got to learn to celebrate the wins. You've got to learn to self-reflect. You've got to learn to self-care, okay? And, you know, and it takes time to evolve that. So hope that helps, guys. It does very much. I can see the nodding going on in the audience. Um, and because uh, we've got Facebook comments, we've got the Zoom comments. <laughs> We are we are balancing these lanes this morning. Um, so, Adam, if, if you could give one last final piece of advice as we start to wrap up this morning uh, for these game changers, these ripple makers that are going out into the world after today. Um, you know, some of them are being supported by us in the Visionary Hub, and we're going to walk that path together each and every day, step by step, drop by drop. Others are going to go mm. and make their own way, and maybe we'll see them again at the next Ripple Fest. <laughs> but for, for, for everybody here, uh, what would you say, obviously, we've looked at vision, we've looked at values, we've looked at collaboration, partnerships, um, tenacity, being relentless in your pursuit of the vision, uh, but not kicking yourself when you don't get the exact result you were looking for, because there's always the other results that we, we don't see. If we're so focused mm. on one thing, we don't see the other things that are happening um, and we don't um, generously and graciously accept those. So then we don't get more of those things either. Uh, so we've looked at those. Um, when it comes to owning your lane, what's that, that final piece of advice you would like to give everybody as we wrap up this morning? I think for me is do something that you love, right? You know, I, I, I know of stories of people that are in jobs <clears throat> that they fucking hate, excuse my French, but they just hate, right? They go and they enjoy the, they join the rat race or whatever it might be, even though we're kind of working from home, but they do something which they really detest. And it's all about, oh, I have to do it because of my family. I have to do it because I have to pay the bills and whatever it is, right? At the end of the day, if you're not happy with where you are right now, guess what? It's down to your choices. You have to make a choice. We are the only species on this planet that has the power of choice. You have the power of choice so to, to do whatever you want to do, right? If you're not doing something right now, that that if, if you're doing something that isn't making you happy, if you're doing something that isn't fulfilling your your, your cup, if you're not doing something that um, that is aligned to your values and that doesn't serve your purpose, then guess what? It's your fault. It's your fault because it's your choices. So I suppose my last uh, tip of the day is to do something that you love. Okay, and if you don't change it. Bang, mic drop, boom, you've been told. <laughs> Uncle Adam has told you. 
Emma. Uh, and what a way to go out from the final session of uh, of Ripple Fest, the final morning session. Um, guys and girls, uh, did you get some good light bulb moments from that? That those of you that have joined us backstage, our visionary VIPs, awesome, uh, <laughs> Bolatui, do something that you love, and if you're not change it capital letters those bright wah, 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 wah. <laughs> that's what we're looking for exactly absolutely uh guys and girls give it up for the amazing adam strong let's show our appreciation um adam thank you so much i love you so much and we haven't been able to collaborate as much as we usually would because i've been so in fest mode that um i know that i'm gonna get that interview booked in with you for your game changes experience podcast uh, guys and girls do like take a picture of the screen share it out make sure that you tag in adam cox share some of your light bulbs uh, let people know who are ready to ripple that there is support available to them and it's right here adam um you've said that they can um uh, google your game changes experience and follow your podcast um how how else is you know have you got a website that they can go to and find out more yeah, absolutely. 100%. Thanks very much for asking. Um, well, um, so I've mentioned the podcast. If you guys are into podcasts, okay, I just kind of would love it. It's called the Game Changers Experience. That's the name of the podcast. So write that down. Um, and uh, if you listen to a, if, if you could do me a favor, if you guys could do me a big favor, download say three to five episodes, have a listen to at least one or two of them, okay? And write a um, testimonial or a review about that podcast. If you're not on Apple, by the way, that's okay. Go to a, com go to a, a, a website called Podchaser, P-O-D-C-H-A-S-E-R, Podchaser. Same again, download the episodes on there. You can leave a review on there. That's for the Android users. Um, alternatively, connect with me on LinkedIn, of course, or, or you can follow me on Instagram. And I'm also on Clubhouse with Sammy. Uh, my Clubhouse handle is called at Adam Strong. Um, and uh, if you, uh, if you, uh, and obviously we're all on different journeys as well. So um, I, that is my kind of big ask for, for today. I really appreciate that. And uh, you can check me out and uh, go from there really. Fabulous. Well, I'm taking the dogs for a walk shortly. So I'll listen to another game changing experience. Actually, by the way, guys, who was at, was it Ripple Fest five or Ripple Fest six with uh, JP uh, Jean John Paul de Villiers? Um, well, I invited John Paul to be part of Ripple Fest because I heard him speak on Adam's podcast. I was so impressed with JP and, and Adam's interview with him that I reached out to him. And I, and, I mean, we're we, Adam, JP, and I have been part of a, a network for a long time, but I'd never considered him as a, a mm. speaker somebody that i would bring into something like this until he's I a great guy he's he a is. great guy absolutely fantastic guy and he's gone through so much it just cut out then is that right <laughs> sorry sorry I, I was i was just saying was he on ripple fest this week with you guys no he was on ripple fest four or five i don't know we've okay. done so many ripple fests now <laughs> <laughs> it's got, it. i feel like ripple fest is um has consumed my life in a good way. Honestly, I'm, I'm just like addicted to Ripplefest because it's just, we're raising thousands for charity every month. We're bringing the best mm. speakers and collaborators, mentors and coaches to really good people. I'm connecting really good people with really good people and that feels really good. So um, yeah. 
Adam, thank you so much for, for being part of my growth, for, for us being able to collaborate and champion each other, and for you being such a heart that has brought your heart to this this morning. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Hey, you guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Game Changers Experience. I hope that you got some amazing value, some great insights and golden nuggets that you can implement into your business straight away. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a five-star review on the button below. Have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.